You are listening to Kate and Company. I am Caitlin O'Connor, a local real estate agent here in Rochester, New York. And in this podcast, we are not just talking real estate, but also about life and entrepreneurship. It's going to get personal. This podcast is brought to you by Premium Mortgage Corporation. Premium Mortgage is one of Rochester's leading mortgage lenders and voted the number one fastest growing company in Rochester in 2021. They're experts in home financing, personal, professional, and local expertise is what you get when working with Premium Mortgage. As a mortgage lender, their number one goal is for every customer to feel comfortable, informed, and well taken care of. After all, a mortgage isn't just a transaction, it's a partnership for life. As a local real estate agent, there is nobody I trust more with my clients than Premium Mortgage. Today, I am interviewing an incredibly impactful and influential woman in the Rochester community. A philanthropist and avid volunteer, she has dedicated herself to local organizations and nonprofits. One of her superpowers is supporting women and is currently serving on the board of directors for the Rochester Women's Council. Her achievements have led her to be honored as one of Rochester's Women of Excellence this year, previously named as Rochester's 40 Under 40, and most recently nominated for an Athena Leadership Award in Ontario County. Outside of her professional and philanthropic efforts, she spends time traveling, festival hopping, and finding the best local food with her husband, Bill, and their dogs, Ollie and Max. Last year, I was lucky enough to help them settle into their gorgeous new home in the Browncroft Historic District, and I'm so grateful she's here with me today. Say hello to Alyssa Velasco. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Thanks for being here with me today. Thanks for having me. Cheers. I love it. Thanks to Hill, Hill and Valley Creative for um, hosting us. This is their their new location, so it's um, it's exciting to be here. Big fan, big yeah. fan of the new space. Yeah, yeah. So where'd you come from today? Up the road. Oh, so I, you I came worked from, from home, home today. Yeah. yeah, so nice. I wasn't planning on it, but I just figured keep it in Rochester versus driving out to Canandaigua. Right. So, yeah. Well, I'm so excited that you're here. That intro, uh, I definitely have some imposter syndrome just, like, listening to it. Really? Yeah. I have imposter syndrome, like, just being here, like, on a podcast. When I was driving here, I'm like, wow, I'm interviewing Alyssa on on this podcast today. And I'm like, I feel like I wouldn't have done this. Because I always say there's, like, I always... When I thought about doing this podcast, I thought of a few people that I had wanted to interview, and you were the fir- one of the first people on my list because of all of the ways that you've impacted me mm-hmm. and have been an influence to me, so um, starting like a very long time ago. So I'm like, any charity that I've ever donated to, it's probably because I found it through you. That, so... <laughs> I'm being a good advocate. That's that's great. I love it. I love it. I mean, we have we have a lot of fun times. Yeah. We've drank a lot of wine. We've spent time at like the Arlington wine tours. Um, yeah, book club. A lot of fun times. But most recently, more productive things. Right. Very much. Yeah. So. Very yeah. much. <laughs> um, but we just celebrated your 40th birthday. We did. We did. Yeah. It was that nice was a- to have people over to the house for the first time. Yep. You know. Max and I really got along. Sure did. <laughs> sure did. Max was like my boyfriend of the night. I mean, you I, you looked mm-hmm. really good, but so good that we had to 
change your outfit so that you looked less appealing because he Wait, was. Yeah. Wait, so I wore, I turned on, uh, or I, what did I put on? A uh, pair of my sweatpants. And t-shirt. And a t-shirt that read just the tip. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was for a fundraiser that that's what the t-shirt was originally from. And I was like, hmm, what would be the least attractive attire? This outfit right here. Well, and I feel like that t-shirt is totally a t-shirt that you would have for some reason. Not because you're any sexual, like, <laughs> being. But, like, but for me to walk around your 40th birthday with a t-shirt on that says, like, just the tip. I'm like, okay, yep. this is very yep. fitting. Yep. That was really fun. <laughs> when I woke up in the morning, I think that I even forgot that that even happened. I mean, I remembered Max. It, it, I wasn't going to forget it Max. It was a lot. Yeah. He really left his mark on him the whole, the whole yeah. night. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been mounted like, mounted like that. <laughs> Just kidding. Um. And for those listening, Max is a 105-pound yellow lab. Yeah. So. And he's probably as tall as me when yes, he jumps up on my shoulder. Sure. So for sure. we had a lot of fun that night. Yeah. Um, that was really fun. But I was really glad that we were able to like spend time in your house. Yeah. And since you bought it last year, yep. you've done a lot to it. And it's right. so cozy. Yeah. It's I, like. I miss, I will say I do miss house hunting with you. Um, yeah, we had some fun times. We had some fun times. And I mean, I'm not looking, but anytime somebody <laughs> wants a ride along for a, a house. Or you could just I, come with yeah, me. That's yeah. true. Yeah, because it was a lot of fun. I feel like one of the best houses, or not best houses, but one of the most memorable houses that we looked at was the one with, like, the weird cots upstairs in the bedroom. Yeah, and there was also a lot of, like, old family photos, and I think that's the one where we learned that the same family had lived in it since it was built in the early 1900s, so it was, like, the history of the family it was but a like, lot. Did like anybody sleep photos. in those cots? Yeah, was yeah, just, that was that was really mm-hmm. weird. It, it looked like they had been like hiding children in yeah. there. It was for, like in the attic area. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that was it, it. Was awkward. Yeah, yeah. We had some fun times. Yeah, that was great. But you guys are settled mm-hmm. in your house. You've been settled in there for about a year now. Right. Actually, just turned a year. Yeah. So that that's so cool. Yeah. And uh, you're doing a lot right now. You are so as I had mentioned, and you know when we when I was introducing you. So this past year you were nominated for the Rochester, one of the nominees or awards of the Rochester Women of Excellence. Mm-hmm. So, and you have a lot of awards. <laughs> it's, I'm usually the nominator though. I, I'm like always the nominator, never the nominee. So it feels weird to be in the space and kind of having it all happening at once. Like mm-hmm. just, it's, it just seems like a lot. But you've spent a lot of your your life, I mean, just at least since I've known you, you've spent so much of your time donating your your time, your your efforts, and you've always been supporting some type of um, like charity or nonprofit yeah. or some type of organization. You always have. Yeah, I I don't know where that comes from, to be honest. Um, it just feels good to weave that into every everyday life. Yeah. So if I'm going to an event or something social, like let's make sure there's a charitable component. I mean, that's not the a prerequisite by any means, but just weaving that in or I'm going to get some women together. Let's, you know, my annual ornament exchange that I used to do. Oh, yeah. Where, yeah, um, where, you know, I'd be like, bring a box of tampons or something. We're going to have a collection for, for some organization. So 
just being able to weave that giving back into everyday life. It doesn't need to be a big production. There's small things that you can do to make a difference. Most recently, I feel um, 100 Women Who Care, uh, I had texted you earlier, or I think it was last night, and I'm like the sustainable giving. um, I kind of joke and I call this um, um, foundation, (laughs) foundation or nonprofit. I call it like the shark tank for charities, local charities. So um, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, I was like, it's a shark tank for local charities. But being able to, I feel like when everybody wants to give back. They don't really know what to, what to do. Or, I mean, we have certain things that sit on our heart, but tell right. us a little bit about sure. hundred women who care. Cause I, I'm so grateful to be a part of it. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I guess I didn't realize that there's so many people that don't know where to start with giving yeah. back. And so 100 women who care, um, is a national or international model where you, it's a giving circle. So you find a hundred women, they give a hundred dollars a quarter and that equals 10 grand a quarter that you're giving to an organization. And so, um, I'm one of the founding members, I'm very grateful for Holly Budd who brought it to Rochester, the concept, and we developed operating principles and, um, just really that process so that it's fair and just very turnkey. It doesn't involve a lot of volunteer time. Um, but together we kind of reached out to our networks to bring in women that wanted to give back financially, but also be a part of that process of deciding where that money would go. Mm -hmm. So, um, we kicked off, I think our first meeting was March, 2020. Yeah. And it was in person. Yeah. And then the world shut down. So we were able to make that continue through zoom, which is again, not ideal, but it actually works for women because you've got so much going on. So if you can take an hour of your day to log on, you know, quarterly and be part of this Zoom where we're hearing from organizations that have been nominated. So members basically nominate an organization if they want to. That's not a requirement. And then we learn about them and we choose who will get that funding for the quarter. And everybody gets to vote. Everyone that. gets to vote. Yeah. So just being part of that process for so many women, they don't know about these organizations. Why would you unless you truly needed them? And we're fortunate that right. we don't. So being able or to you learn like know more about it, yeah, them or, or, worked, it. or worked for Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, it's just a great entry point and into philanthropy. And it's $400 a year. That might seem like a lot, but when right. you really break it down, it's $100 it's every $100 four months. a quarter. So, so um, it's a really three months, every three months. I can't yeah. do math. <laughs> um, I thought it was so cool when, when we went to St. John Fisher, it was like, okay, everybody take their seats. You know, they, they're mm-hmm. great hosts. Um, the, the entire group was, but everyone took their seats and the four charities, they literally had like what, five minutes yep. to present their charity. So, so a representative from each individual charity had, Who, and they have to be a member and they have to so be they, a member. They're not necessarily someone working for the organization. They might be a board member or just and the someone member, who the member represents them. that mm-hmm. particular charity. Yeah. So, so yeah, so they came up and they're like presenting, okay, next presentation, the next one came up and they each had five minutes. And yeah. when their five min- minutes was over, I think it was maybe Holly it's who was like, the moderator. Cut, cut, She's like, done. your five minutes is yeah. up, please sit down. And then when it was all over, we're all like, uh, okay, who do we vote on? And it's like Shark Tank. Yeah. It really is. And it's really cool. But 
you know, and it's probably nerve wracking for whoever's presenting. I don't wish that on anyone. But, but when your heart is in the right place and you really sure. are, um, I would be so nervous to present. Because you that, continue to nominate organizations, which I think is great. Yeah. And um, um, unfortunately, yours hasn't been selected yet, but I yeah, love but that's that okay. You do and that. and yeah. you know what? And also, I think that there was a few, um, you know, stipulations mm-hmm. that, that didn't um, lie within what it needs to be. However, um, I'm like, and so I'm like, why don't I ever just post and say, hey, what's your favorite local nonprofit, you know, organization that needs to be supported? Because it's a huge thing. I mean, we were up to like 20, wasn't it like $20,000 one quarter? Yeah. I think it was the first one that we um, did. Yeah, because we are fortunate to be, we're not only 100 women who care, we're 100 plus women who care. So whatever money comes in that quarter from members is what we're giving away. Yeah, so, which is awesome. And it's a no stipulations grant, which I love. A lot of grants have um, a lot of rules tied to them, and you have to show that you've done X, Y, and Z. And for some of these smaller organizations, they just – it's it might be one person running the show. So being able to say, here's your 12 grand, make something great happen with this, and then they come back – the next month or or the next quarter, and, and they tell us what they've done with it, which is great. Yeah. So 100 Women Who Care is really a great way to mm-hmm. get involved um, and to learn about local charities. For sure. Um, which is what you've done for many years now and ultimately what has <laughs> led you to where, not ultimately, but one of the main things that has led you to, you know, I kind of not joked, but I was like, you have a lot of awards now. You, you've done, like, amazing over the past few years. and. Um, but hard work pays off. So, you know, you, you deserve to be noticed in, in Thanks. this it's way. It's hard so, yeah. for me to take that in again. I don't know if that's the imposter syndrome or what, but yeah, it's hard to let your, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm always also wanting to celebrate other people and I don't really like the attention so much. I'm not yeah. afraid of it, but it's just, I don't know. I like to be the person celebrating somebody else. Yeah, me too. That's, I love that too. And Bill's, like, super supportive, too. He's the best. He is the best. And and when you have somebody that's, like, really supportive of you, it kind of catapults you, I feel like, in a different yeah. way. Yeah, a different part he's of He's always, your... like, he's an introvert. And so he's, like, tell me where I need to be. He's a really funny Tell introvert. me if you need me to be part of this or not. You know, what do I need to do? And so I, I recognize that. I, I thrive off of being in social settings where he's just, like, I'm going to save it up for when you really need me. And then he brings Does it. Does he need to know exactly what the situation is before he goes into it? Or like, what? What it, does he need to know what to expect? He, he usually needs kind of a, a rundown of what to expect. And then we have this mutual kind of, I, I usually introduce people even if um, I know they might have already met somewhere because I don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable with not remembering a name or not remembering that they've met the person and he's he just kind of gives me the eyes and I know like he's like have I met this person already and so oh I just gosh. I yeah I I just don't want any of that awkwardness what do you do anyone. when you forget somebody's name but you know that you know them and you need to introduce that bill so that's I usually kinda, that happens to me all the time I'm really good with names to a creepy level <laughs> like and people are like I have we met and I'm like Yes, we met, and this is where we where we met, and I know what you do. And I realize that's creepy, but as I'm getting older, 
I'm for, I'm a little more forgetful, so I kind of I'm not someone that uses the word like hun or anything oh, like no. that. They, that's like no, um, no. And why do so many women do that now? I and it's do. not women. I feel like it's like maybe up younger, to thirty, younger generation. And I don't want to put a gauge on it, but no. you know, no, uh-uh. like it's not calling women hun or girls or whatever. Yeah. No, it's, it's not okay. It's very uncomfortable for me, but I would say that the way I, if I don't remember somebody's name, sometimes <laughs> I still go in for a hug. Um, <laughs> or, or if I'm not sure if I have met the person before, because maybe it was in a, a big group setting, I always say it's it's great to see you. Yeah. And I sometimes notice people will do like a flinch, like, have I met this person before? I'm just playing it safe. Yeah. Because you go to a my lot of different right now, like, fundraisers and functions. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wait, so you see them do like a nudge like to somebody like else? A, like, do I know her? To themselves. Like, oh, yeah. Like I notice like a little like, oh my gosh, you remember her? Like a, twi- like a twitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, like I said, that's I'm, amazing. Well, I'll just say if I'm like with Aaron and I'm like, and I don't know their name, I just say, Hi, this is my husband, Aaron. You do. I, now that you say that, I, re- I recognize that you do that. And so, and I'm hoping and praying that this person says introduces themselves i am john yep yep john c it's my husband aaron <laughs> and it happens all the time and yeah. i don't know why i have like an elephant memory for the like littlest the, dumbest, the dumbest things i can remember somebody from 20 years ago and their name and exactly where i met them or what i was doing or what i was wearing when i met somebody but today yeah i don't i, think I mean for me, i think that's aging yeah maybe um i actually yeah. have like the, some of the things I remember, I, um, the back of a tube of Crest toothpaste, the like warning disclaimer. <laughs> um, my mom, when I was a kid, she said, you know, when you're sitting on the toilet and you can't go, she would say reading helps. And <laughs> so I would read the back of the Crest tube. Crest you know has been shown to be too? an effective decay preventive dentifrice <laughs> that can be of significant value when used in a conscientiously applied program of oral hygiene and regular professional care. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> were you constipated a lot when you I were younger? Know, now that you say that, maybe there, maybe that's this yeah. is a really fun <laughs> uh, undiagnosed GI issues at the time. Maybe I don't know. That's a sure. <laughs> that's really cool. I don't remember anything like that. But I think I have a little disability. But why can't I make room in my brain for something else other than the crest The back tube. of a crest tube. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's pretty cool. <laughs> you weren't expecting that one on the I podcast. was not expecting that. And it was a fact. I said, I'm like, I always learn things about people when you're sitting down with them, no yeah. matter how long that you know them. Now I know that you know the back mm-hmm. of a crest tube by heart. Yep. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, so yeah, so you guys, so Bill's like, you, you have to give him the heads up, mm-hmm. you know, let him know exactly what the situation is. And Aaron's kind of the same way. And he asks me a lot of questions, but not like they're purposeful questions before we go to do something. But sometimes I just don't know. And I don't personally care, but now I'm starting to like recognize like, no, it is important to somebody else to be prepared for whatever right. situation, not because they're worried about it, but because they just want to know. Yep. Yeah, which is like super important. Yeah. But um so yeah. So you so 100 women who cared mm-hmm. kind of to go back to that like the sustainable like 
contributing or what's the word for sustained giving (laughs) yeah sustained giving um i think that's a great way for people to get involved and that was one thing i really wanted to like for everybody to hear about because that's how i'm i contribute it makes me feel good as a mom and i work i have a business and i'm just busy so i feel really good that i can give back to something that's purposeful and you introduced me to that so i'm pretty grateful for that and there's a lot of other things that you do right now and so you're and you're also the executive director um, of the New York Kitchen yes so you've done a lot I was reading about what you did for them during COVID which is unbelievable so how you were able yep. to take yeah so, so talk it's to, not ideal to start a new job during a pandemic but yeah um sure went there <laughs> um I was pre I was working for myself before I started at New York Kitchen um, helping, supporting small nonprofits and s- small businesses, I should say, and nonprofits, and with marketing, fundraising, development, that sort of thing. And then the job found me, which happens pretty much most of my career was that case. A, a yeah. role found me. Um, you know, our board president reached out to her network and said, who knows someone that loves food, wine, supporting local, and how to run a nonprofit? And my name was mentioned multiple times, and kind of the rest is history. And so, um, yeah, so I started July 2020, so I've been there a little over two years. And um, we restructured as an organization during that time. Um, we're, there's a restaurant in the building. People have private events. You got married there. Yeah, I got married um, there. I lo- and we, by the way, they did... It was unbelievable. So that's a shout out to our food and beverage partner because we now yeah. outsource that. Oh, you do? Um, yeah. So we, and Liz. Liz was the manager there? Allison. 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 I'm yep. so sorry. Um, and so she's the event manager. Yeah. Yep. Um, but we let them do what they do best so that we can do the educational piece, which is our cooking classes, our wine education, craft beverage education, our tasting room. It's an all New York State tasting room. Um, and, Which and, is, yeah. we have uh, one of the wines yeah. here today from Red Newt Cellars. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it's really good. It's really good. Yeah, it's very good. And um, just being able to support local and promote how important it is to celebrate what New York State has to offer. Yeah. There's a lot more of a trickle-down effect when you're supporting those local businesses um, and producers. So... Um, we have our junior chef camp. That's an, also a component that we do. It's but so we cute. had to relook at how we were putting things out there during the pandemic. Um, we started doing virtual classes. When I came on board, um, I had already been, you know, got a past time during the pandemic. So I had been doing virtual wine tastings, cooking classes with places that were in other states. And I was like, why aren't we doing that? Yeah, you had a, a woman who was on, um, she was on Cupcake Wars, right? Yes. And yep. she, she did like yep. a cupcake yep. decorating. That yep. was really, that's so cute. Yeah, so um, I was doing those classes and I was like, we need to be bringing these to people. And we had this janky setup in the beginning, but on the other side of the screen, you don't know what we're working with. We've since invested and really upped our technology, but um, we were able to connect with people all over the country and sometimes in other countries. That's um, and, and they credit you for yeah. that. And for, I was like, like it just seems it just seemed simple to do that. But the biggest thing that I loved out of the virtual classes was witnessing family members that would say, I'm buying a ticket, I'm buying you a ticket, 
we're going to cook together virtually through this New York kitchen class. So it's like you're taking a class together, but separate. Yeah. That's um, so neat. That's really, so really it was neat. a lot of fun. And they said that they had one of their best financial years, which they were not expecting. Right. From we are in a great place financially. Um, as far as, you know, just it's not a well-oiled machine because we obviously want to keep creative with the programming, but people are coming back out and, um, and we're meeting the demand. So it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm That's probably going to be doing, um, a virtual class on Tuesday, and then I'm looking at another in-person class personally that I'm taking on Saturday. Um, and it's just because it's something I love. It was always Bill and I are kind of our um, gifts that we would give to each other. We like we prefer experiences over stuff because yeah. we don't really need stuff. Um, I did buy him a pizza oven, though, um, for his 40th. But just I don't know I just feel like rich experiences are better than having material things yes yeah, they are and we did uh for Kristen mm -hmm. uh, McCarvel's 40th we mm -hmm. did a um was it her 40 no it was her 40th it was her 40th yeah but we <laughs> we did a cooking class with like 25 people or more at yeah. the New York kitchen that was a shit show it was a shit show everybody was drunk in but the I room. loved that it was a shit show <laughs> and then there was Aaron who somehow got one-on-one -on -one time with one of the chefs who's teaching him how to make all of these different pastas from scratch that weren't even part of Fusilli. the menu. Is it called yeah, Fusilli? Yeah. yeah he, and so it's like everybody's loose. And Aaron probably was too, but he's in the corner with the chef one-on-one -on -one doing – and you're just like, hey, wine. I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I had done the same thing. Show me what you're doing over here. Yeah. I left Bill, and he was – he kept giving me the eyes like – are you serious? You're not even going to help me make this meal. Right. And we, no, yeah. we're like, we're socializing. No, I'm like this. It was, it was a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, Aaron was really, he was, I mean, I was really into it too. And then like after maybe 45 minutes, you know, your the drinks are flowing mm -hmm. and, uh, but it was such a great meal. Yeah. And in the, um, the uh, teachers in there, which chef the chef instructors, I'm just not good with my Patience words today. Of saints. I need to maybe do my podcast at, at like, I don't know, maybe like one o'clock in the afternoon. You <laughs> no, need more wine. Kidding. Need more wine. Yeah. But the instructors, they were so fantastic. Like they came around and they showed us like the right things, like how to cut an onion and how yeah. to do this. I still cut an onion the same way that I was taught at the New York kitchen. So we all ate. Yeah. So we drank. We ate. Everybody had a had a lot of fun. Yeah. It was um somebody would like I think someone went off the the train tracks a little bit. Probably one or two people, but that was really fun. <laughs> and then we went back to uh, the lake house yeah. and we had a great night. Had that a great that night. was really cool. So we have lots of memories at the New York Kitchen, starting with um Aaron and I getting married there. So it's definitely worth like a little trip for the weekend because sure. you can stay at the lake house. Yep. Um even this winter, their pool is open overnight. Or overnight. I mean, throughout the winter, yep, and their hot tub is open. Yep. So you could do a cooking class at the New York Kitchen, have a good time, go back to the lake house, have drinks in their foyer. They have live music. There's so yep. much to do. Yep. So And you don't even have to get in a car. Yeah, you literally exactly. walk across the parking lot. Um, yeah, we have a great partnership with the lake house. And it's a great staycation option yeah. to do. Um, come to our, go to our tasting room where you can try you know, a variety of not only just wine, but beers from all over New York State without having to do the wine tour. Yeah. Um, which do it there. Bill and I do that ourselves. We'll just drive the two of us and go. And you do it. You guys do that too, yeah. where you'll just hit up a bunch of places. But so many people have like 
New York State wine as being sweet in their head. A I wine do. tour I do, of being on a bus sweet. where it's a complete shit show, you picture that. That's not what New York State is anymore. People still do that, but um, the, the New York's putting out some great, delicious wines, not just Riesling, which some of the Rieslings are delicious, but yeah. this Cap Franc, delicious. This like, there's so a lot good. of good stuff. Um, um, New York so we're State trying to introduce people Cap to that. Franc. Like Living Roots, their mm-hmm. Cab Franc is amazing. Yep. Red Newt, this is the first Cab Franc. I don't think that I've had their Cab Franc, but it's very good. Usually with Red Newt, they're known for the Rieslings, so that's typically what people have. Yeah. Um, the winemaker is actually just like an awesome, he's just so talented, um, Kelby Russell. And so we went there, I want to say this just like a few months ago, we went and we ended up buying a lot, a lot. Wait, when and, you were moving. Oh, yeah. When you were moving, there was a lot of wine boxes, that you needed to like move. Boxes of I wine. I remember like going down in your basement and there's like a back room of like cases. We forgot how much and we cases, had. Yeah. And cases of wine and beer. I'm like, wow, there's a lot. Yeah. But, you know. And he just, call, Bill calls it the cellar. It's the basement. It's not like we have But it is like a like cellar, but at least cellar. it was like, um. It was like a cedar type room. There was cedar in the room. Yeah, it came with the house though. Yeah. We didn't. It wasn't <laughs> like there's intentional. Cedar in the room. Um, yeah. So a tie between Red New and New York Kitchen though. So when I first started, Bill is like such. He's just like a great cheerleader for me. He supports everything that I do. So I it, love Bill. We were doing a virtual our virtual fundraiser. And so there's a silent auction, and he goes nuts with a silent auction. So he wins. Aaron was going nuts over the silent auction, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. But on the Boca Raton, we want that vacation. I'm like, <laughs> there's a lot of other rich people that are going to outbid us, but okay, yeah. we You're can try. You're not going to get a deal on that yeah, one. Yeah, we could try. <laughs> so he bids and wins this giant, I don't even know if it was a Magnum. It was like this massive bottle of Red New. I think it was like a Pinot Gris or something. And... It, it just was, the bottle was on display in our house for a while. Like, I had to actually dust it. And then he must, something flipped a switch, and he decided to drink it. On so, his own? On his own. So, I think he said, I'm opening the bottle of Red New, and I came home, and he, he consumed the whole thing. And I don't know how many <laughs> bottles this is, but it was multiple. And, he needed it, apparently. And he didn't, even, he didn't even seem, like, phased by it. And my biggest thing was, I didn't even get a glass. Really? You didn't save me any. <laughs> Was this like at night? Were it, you somewhere? I think I had to work late or I was at an event or something. And he's just like, yeah, I, f- I finished the bottle of Red New. And I was like, no, you opened it. Like drank a the entire bottle thing. like that no, big. This thing was. Shut the fuck up. I'm not lying. <laughs> it was huge. And so when we went there over the summer, we tried to find a replacement bottle. They do sell those massive bottles, but they didn't have the one that we had. Because I was like, can I at least try it here? And they were like. We don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I told them the whole story, and they were like, Sorry. Still can't pinpoint what wine you had, but so we bought a bunch. That's amazing. Yeah. So you can like hold that against him for mm-hmm. a while mm-hmm. that he did that. He does replenish the stock really regularly. Um, he, like, things that he likes to do for fun is just like wander around Century Liquor in Pittsburgh. I'm more of a pinnacle liquor in Brighton person. Where's Pinnacle? Pinnacles on Monroe Ave. Okay, um, yeah. They're awesome. I mean, Century is great too. But Are they near Max's Chop mm-hmm. House? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay, yeah. They just have so much good stuff, and the staff's always knowledgeable. 
Um, not saying Century isn't, but like I've tried to say, hey, could you support support Pinnacle? Right. Um, and so now he's he's actually he doesn't need to support them because I do it enough. So yeah. we, we support starting the to? local liquor stores, I guess you yeah. could say. I mean, I, yeah, we we do. Pinnacle allows you to order online, and I'm somehow got on a text message thing where they've got we've got this special or we've got this and I I've placed multiple orders forget to from pick their up. text messages mm-hmm. and then I forget <laughs> and then I forget to pick them up and so do they call you to remind you well when I've gone they're like we were almost gonna call you and I was like and they're like you have a couple of orders to pick up because I just order and then I leave them there and then it's like a surprise when I get them and Bill's like so it's you not a gift. It's drinking? not a gift. You because I do that with Amazon. It's like you yeah. order shit when you're like, yeah, you know, when you're a little sitting on the couch, you've had some wine, and you're just ordering shit, and then yep, fuck. yep, and and that's what Bill also says that when I get excited when a package comes, and he's like, "This is not a gift. You ordered it and paid for it, and then you forgot that you did that, and then you got surprised that it it, it arrived." And I'm like, "Yep, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah." There's Except been for, times like, I didn't my even kids remember they, ordering. They get excited that something's at the front door and they didn't even need to order it. And it's for me. Yep. And they're like, we got something. <laughs> we got something. And they literally, I'm pulling up to the house and I'm going to like drive, you know, pull in the driveway. And they're like fucking getting out of their, pulling themselves out of their car seats. Like, thank God we have child locks because I'm quite sure they be, would be like jumping out of the back seat of the car. They like, don't get disappointed that when they find out it's no, not No, they don't them. even care. Okay. They, they are so excited. They like emptying the um, the grocery bags when when I get Instacart delivered <gasps> and they literally both jump up on the the island like to see what's in the just bag just to start taking wow. groceries out they just like unraveling and or unpacking yeah. and or unraveling like a box and that like makes their entire wow. day yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean you could just put tissue I, paper in a box, wish and they're like completely fine. Things with like it. that got me excited. I, I'm I'm kind of jealous there. So yeah, <laughs> they love it. I mean, they love it. But yeah, that's that's so. Oh my god, that's so funny. We all do the same type of stuff, you know. Yeah. So um, one other thing that I not one other thing that I wanted to talk about, but um, you've been doing a lot of things lately, like you know, hundred women who care, especially with the New York Kitchen. You guys have moved. You've had a very busy year. Um, but you've also had a little bit of a tough year as well. And Mm -hmm. it's like, actually, I've hesitated bringing this up because it's not my friend and I don't want to right now, but I, but there's so much where I remember you've had a tough year. And so you, you had a loss this year, but what you have shown and how you have like exemplified women and the things that you've done um, after this loss have, have been sure something that not a lot of people could do. Right. I'm sweating. Um, no, I know. And I'm I, and, I, and I'm like, it's, I just like clicked back to, so I clicked, I, I flashed back to when we were house hunting and it was still too early to tell people that I was pregnant. And I, and I don't know if I made a face or something and you like started crying and you were so excited. You were crying because you were so excited for me and that we were house hunting for, like, a, f- a home for our family. And so having that pregnancy turn out to en- to be a loss, um, and not just a loss, 
I know those things happen every day, but for us, um, I was diagnosed with preeclampsia and HELP syndrome, which I had heard of preeclampsia uh, almost only exclusively because a couple people that I knew had it at the end of their pregnancy. So they. That's what I've always known it as. And so they have this happen. They have to deliver right away because that's the only way to stop what's happening with your blood pressure is to deliver. And then they have a happy family and everything goes back to normal for them. That wasn't the case with me um, because I. This doesn't happen until your second trimester. So 20 weeks. I wasn't feeling well. And just headaches was the start and, and you were calling your doctors and this is why like I feel like not a lot of women you got to listen to your body yeah. and um that was that's one of the things that's really maddening to me is that I was I thought am I being like this overly dramatic pregnant person right for my feet were swelling to unbearable points where I had to keep them elevated. How are you supposed to work while you're keeping your feet elevated? Um, the headaches were really bad. And then the last piece that kind of like finalized, like something's really wrong was the indigestion. Um, and so. But all of those things separate aside from the feet swelling, like, or your feet do swell, but yeah. yours were, you know, yeah. I remember like it was like one s- of those days, but like some things can be a sign of like what we kind of quote unquote, like think are normal reactions in pregnancy. And that's what they told me when but, I called, they were like, oh, that's normal pregnancy stuff. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I'm tough. If people are dealing with, I know some people that are like, I loved being pregnant. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> we're living different lives here. But I was calling, and they're like, you're dehydrated. That's what the headaches are, the swelling. Um, And so I drank Pedialyte exclusively for, like, a week straight and not helping. I mean, that was normally, like, I'm hungover. I'm drinking some Pedialyte. Yeah, and it wasn't actually like you because you were actually saying – I remember when, like, we, because we were, it was, we were – This is weeks. This went on for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and we would be talking, and you would say – you're not a complainer. No. Like, that's not you, and you don't, like, really share a lot, like, that way. And, and you would actually say, like, I'm not feeling well today. Right. And I'm I'm not feeling great. And I was like, hmm, that's kind of, like, yeah, really like I her. mean, I missed a few days of work just calling in. I was like, you know, normally it could work from home. And I was like, no, something's not right. Like, I need to rest. I need to um, take some time off. And it wasn't getting better. And so, finally, the doctor brought me in. And as soon as they took my blood pressure, it was 177 over, I don't remember what the lower, over something that was high. Yeah. And it, they kept taking it just to make sure, and it just kept spiking. And um, she said, I need you to drive yourself straight to the hospital. And even then, I didn't take things seriously. Um, that Like, there was something seriously yeah. wrong. I thought, oh, they're going to maybe give me some fluids through IV or not really sure what was even happening because preeclampsia isn't something that was really discussed at that point. No, Um, You gave me your what to expect when you're expecting books. (laughs) So anytime something really happened, I would kind of use it as a reference tool. I didn't read it cover to cover. By the way, I didn't even know, like I was, when we talked the other day, I'm like, I didn't know when I was going in, they would take my blood pressure, check my heart. Yeah. It was like a routine thing. But nobody ever says this in the doctor's office, yeah. hey, you know what? When you have your first um, prenatal appointment, 
and you go in and they're like, okay, we need you to pee in a cup. Yep. Here's why you're peeing in a cup. And this is, these are the things that we look for and what's important. Yeah. We're going to take your blood pressure. Here's why your blood pressure is so important during pregnancy. See, I need a little more wine because I'm like, "Mm." it's like, but nobody ever, they don't say that. Like doctors, they just, and and by the way, this isn't like a thing against doctors or nurses or anything like that, but it's just like, this is like their, their, um, thank you. This is their, their routine. But as women, we need to be more of an advocate for ourselves, A, and educate ourselves and understand why those things are done in prenatal appointments. Right. Because yeah. I would have never known nope. Nope. otherwise. Didn't, didn't know. So I went to uh, Rochester or RGH, and that's when, like, and Bill came, and we're wearing masks because we're in a hospital. And I could just tell in his eyes, like, he understood what was happening because of the type of law that he practices, um, medical malpractice, representing the doctors. So he's seen some of that. He had some of that knowledge where I didn't. That's a scary situation. So it was not, right? Yeah. And I just knew something wasn't right. So, you know, they test your protein. They look for protein in your urine. That's why you're giving a urine sample. And so they're testing those things and they're running all these blood tests. And so they told me what happened. And I still didn't know that it's kind of like, so what what does this mean? And what Um, did they tell you? um, So HELP syndrome means it stands for hemolysis, which I think is, I don't, I'm no doctor. Yeah. Kidney related, um, elevated liver enzymes maybe is the EL or anyways, we don't need to go through the acronym. Right, Um, right, And then, um, like a low platelet count. Um, and so basically your body's kind of failing and the only way to stop that from happening and your blood pressure, I mean, my blood pressure was at stroke levels, they're surprised I didn't have seizures. So you had preeclampsia and with and health, health syndrome, syndrome, which is and it's very rare to have it um, in general, but at 23 weeks pregnant, which is what I was, and so um, they actually transferred me to Strong Hospital because they were better prepared to to deal with this, and that's when we had to have some tough conversations, and. Um, I was induced, and a day later, we, I wouldn't say welcomed, but I, I had our daughter, Willa. Um, so she was 23 weeks, and she was stillborn, so there is no heartbeat. She was not born um, with a heartbeat, and it was, I felt like it was like an out-of-body experience. Um, the hospital and the staff their bedside manner in this in a loss situation, I, I can't thank them enough, which seems weird to be thankful for something in that moment. But, um, yeah, they were really incredible. And so uh, we don't have memories with her. And I'm really fortunate for um, just some of the practices that the hospital has. Um, they provide you a bereavement box. There might have been some stuff that, like, I think there's information in there, too, but what was valuable for me were um, pictures that they took of her. I did get to hold her. We held her. Um, my mom, my father-in-law, and Kristen, best friend, was there. were able to come in. The hospital was a little lenient on COVID protocol, um, given our situation, so they got to hold her. Um, I didn't think I want to take a picture of her with my cell phone. Like, those are things you think of after the fact. 
And it all kind of happened so fast. So they gave us pictures, uh, the blanket that we got to hold her, um, that she was wrapped in when we held her. Um, and the pictures they took, um, they put her in a little dress. It was red flowers, which the, I didn't say red's my favorite color. My gosh, isn't it that, so funny? The, You're like, everybody says that I look good in red. Yeah, and dress I said that red. when I got here. And so, huh. um, and it was just, it was a special thing. Uh, foot, her footprints. Um, and then they provided uh, just like a little ring, which is actually in some of the pictures that they gave us of her. Um, that I have on a bracelet that's welded on my wrist so that it's never, it can't come off. Um, it's called a forever bracelet. So um, we got to hold her, and then um, they brought her back for just some intimate time with us if we chose to. And um, so we spent some time with her, and then you say goodbye. So having those things was very um, special to me. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I guess, grateful yeah, no, I don't know. I just like, but like, I appreciate you sharing. No that. one talks about nobody that stuff. talks about it. And like, I remember when you were going through it, it was like it was painful for me, and as an outsider, it was painful for a lot of people. And I think you know, I remember feeling angry, and my anger came from a place of, wow, women they need to be educated. Like I wouldn't know if I. Now there's so much more. Mm -hmm. I told you a story about how I had saw another wo mm -hmm. woman and I wanted to go up to her and say, you need to go see somebody right away. Be oh, not because I'm yeah. no doctor, but there was yeah. just something that I had noticed that mm -hmm. seemed very Wrong. similar to what you were You're experiencing. You're hyper aware to that now. Yeah, and because, it's like, yeah. and so I just think it's like, I just felt like there needs to be more education. And I'm like, what about women that don't have prenatal care? And it just became, it was like all these emotions came through right. me. And I'm like, we, we have to do better. We have to do better. Yeah. And I think the, the biggest part of it where the first part of, of helping any other woman is um, if they listen to this today and, you know, I know it took us a little bit, but I didn't, I didn't know naturally if, if we were going to get here and I didn't know if I wanted to get here, to be honest mm -hmm. with you, I was putting it off. Um, I didn't feel comfortable. Right. Sorry. Uh, no, I know. I just didn't yeah. feel comfortable. I don't, this is a yeah. podcast. It's, this is, this is not, this is your life. This is not about a podcast, right. but right. I think that where it's helpful for other women is to hear about what you went through and, um, to be educated. And, right. and it, through that, you've done a lot of, after Willa, you've done so many things to give back to other women and, um, well, one of the that. things that was like, really like I, I hear you with the anger. The anger is part of grief too, but I started to think about women that have, to, I was fortunate to have time off, paid time off to take time off because I wasn't feeling well leading up to our loss. But there's women that would have powered through that because they've got to get that paycheck and put food on the table or whatever the situation is and ignore the signs that their body is telling them. And that's, that's maddening to me. Um, and not know what is, they don't know that right. it's, that something could seriously be wrong. It's a headache. It's some swollen feet. It's some indigestion. These are things that happen. Um, and the mortality rate related to this is not, it's, our, our statistics are really, really sad. Um, in and the there's United, a lot of sad things United that are States, happening right now you know, in the United States that are not allowing. Yes. Yeah. 
we don't need to go there, but yeah, that's a whole nother. Just, we might go on like two hours yeah, if we do. It's disgusting <laughs> yeah. to think about um, just but women giving women choices have here and, and choices yes. and keep their bodies safe to protect mm-hmm. themselves and yep. the loved ones around them yep. that they're taking yep. care of. Um, so what you had mentioned, what we did, um, we wanted to find ways to honor Willa. So um, since she was born, September 14th, um, every month I try to do something um, to give back in her honor and in her name. So a couple of examples are there are libraries now within some book um, book libraries within hospitals in western New York, kind of all over now. Um, and you can donate books so that families can read a book to their stillborn baby or whatever the situation so that so we donated copies of the book the invisible string to some of those libraries um that's just one example there's a few there's things and I try to do something every month and so for I don't say it her first birthday but Willa's day yeah um we wanted to do something special and so I wanted to make sure that those bereavement boxes were something that all families will receive um, that, that, that there's never a funding challenge where that couldn't happen. So I had a fundraiser. Um, they created like a special Willa Belasco Kalish bereavement fund where people could contribute. And in a matter of like two weeks, we raised over $6,000. Um, but not only the money, but the conversations that are coming from that. I like to, I don't like to talk about my loss, but I like to be open because the stories that have come from that, I mean, my own doctor's office and I know we're limited for time so I, I won't go too yeah, deep no, that's but okay. um you know they're busy and so I'm at my primary for a checkup or something after everything had happened and the nurse comes in and she said but a lot has happened since I saw you you had a baby and um she didn't get to read the notes enough um and oh, so geez. I said we actually lost her lost our baby and she was like mortified but from that she told me, and this woman's in her 60s, um, about a similar loss at a similar stage of her pregnancy, and that back then it was um, shameful, and she never got to find out if it was a boy or a girl or grieve that. Because it was meant, it at was that meant point of time, to, it was you, like you kind of sweep sh- it under the rug and you move on. And something's wrong with your body as yep. a woman if you can't. Yep. And she went on to have a beautiful family, but she said that's something that always stuck with her. And I sat there and listened to her and she like gave me a hug and I'm crying for her. And I just feel like those conversations, I'm happy to be able to be strong in my situation so that other people can kind of share theirs. Yeah. Maybe she had never been able to talk to somebody I, like she that was, in that she way. She was very, I, I, we hugged. It was, it was a long doctor's appointment um, for a routine visit. But um, so we we did, we raised funds for the bereavement boxes, but we also brought um, breakfast and flowers and um, trying to think what else. It was a deli- balsam bagels, totally to my the jam. Nurses. To the nurses yeah. and the doctors on the unit that I was on um, on Willa's day because I wanted to say thank you to them. And um, it was not as hard as I thought it would be, um, but I didn't want, like, any special, like, meet and greet or anything with them. I just want – I brought them something, and I left. Um, I'm so grateful to the coordinator with the hospital that allowed me to do that. 
Um, and then I also brought a gift for a baby girl born on Willis Day. That was the hardest part of it all was going shopping for a gift for a happy ending. Um, sorry, getting a little emotional. Um, but, um, and I didn't want, I didn't put my information or anything. I just wanted something to give to somebody so that Willa can be associated with a happy time too. So you have the biggest heart. <laughs> you have a very good heart. I know mm-hmm. it's like you didn't want to cry, but I love this because you have the biggest heart and um, other you like you're just so strong. You're very strong, and um, you know I this wasn't meant to be sad no. either. But how can you you know you not um, there's emotion with this. Yeah. It's not yeah. it's not you know this isn't just a like I said this isn't just a freaking podcast for people to listen to this is like our story and what you're sharing with us today is like it's unbelievable i try to like i said give back in all things um because it's but you know that you are built you were built for you were not built to lose a child no nobody is built to lose a child nobody's ever built to lose a child but your what's in your blood and what you do in your heart is like um, everything that makes you you and it's like it's amazing and it's beautiful it really is it really is and I hope that I hope this inspires somebody like even if one person listens to this podcast like which you know hopefully more uh but I (laughs) but I the bar is very low (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I just hope that somebody can be inspired whether it's to give in love or or just support because you don't have to have money to do something you can just support and it's so important in all ways. So I'm very grateful for you being here today. Thanks. Um, you're somebody I've always looked up to and all that you do. And I've always felt like I could never keep up with everything that she does because her heart is always in the right place. And I'm like, I wish I had a bigger heart than that. But um, you do. You definitely do. <laughs> we all do in our own way. So I'm so grateful for you being here today. And um, we never end without at least asking a few questions. So. Um, and then we'll wrap it up, but thank you. Thank you. Tatiana, thank, I always look at her. I'm like, you're still in the same room, so I'm never going to not do it. I forgot that. So sorry. I never forget it because I love her to pieces. I'm like, are you going to be there Thursday? I can't wait to see you. Um, but it's always a great story. So we end up end with a few cool questions and much on a much lighter note, but um, not a lighter note because we don't have to be lighter. This Mm-mm. is life. Mm-hmm. Um, so first question is, um, I forgot, no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, what are you most proud of? Most proud of, I would say there's a few things, but I think, um, buying it within the real, with the real estate theme, since you're yeah. a realtor, um, oh, buy- and you, your house appraised in the hottest time of the market. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean there to were, interrupt there you. There were a lot of like bonuses with. There are some bonuses, but your house appraised for sixty five thousand. Was it sixty five thousand dollars more? No, the, the house we moved into that you moved into appraised, appraised for, for six, higher than what we got yeah, it for, I which at this like, market is really unheard of. Unheard we were like, of. Wow. Yeah, um, it was great. But, but sorry, go ahead. No, um, I think my proudest moment is buying my first home at twenty four years old, and it was kind of strange how not strange, but. Um, one of my best friends, Krista, she bought a house and kind of told me 
you can do it. It's you're you're actually you might pay less than your rent at the time. Yeah. Um, for your mortgage. But it is still that way right and now. And so um that's what I did. I had a, a big dog at the time, another big yellow lab Biggins, who's Biggins. very legendary. Um, those who knew Biggins um were very, very lucky. Um, and he needed a yard. And I had some real shitty apartments. And so I was it, it just you don't have to have this huge down payment. And I learned that after I bought the house, there were all these first-time homebuyer incentives and programs. There were <laughs> yeah. not those in, I think it was 2007 um, when I bought. And that was a really great investment, especially given that the neighborhood, the North Winton Village, turned out to be a very desirable place. The it hottest, was then. It still is. But it changed, and now it's like, I mean, people are... There's no inventory a lot of the time. Um, so we were fortunate to sell the house um, at the right time and then buy our forever home, which is in the Browncroft neighborhood, which we had been stocking for years. Um, they do the house. Browncroft garage sale days. It's it's every other year. It'll be happening next year. And we were stocking houses at that point. We were stocking the sales. <laughs> we are like, this looks like somebody might be moving out of this house. Like, keep an eye on it. Hey, by the way, do you know why I've never deactivated your home search on in the MLS? It's because I look at your own search that I had set up for you, and I'm like, I'm not deactivating her home search because I want to still Bill see the house. Bill has a real that- problem with it. I love that we get those emails. Bill still sends me listings. Oh, I'm yeah, like, I what, bet. Bill, should be, Bill knew of listings of before, yeah. like, anybody. And he could tell, like... I've already scoped this out. Like, he already knew. There's it's a new like, house on Culver Road. He just sent I, me this oh, morning. Oh, me too. It's I looked beautiful. at it too. I was like, I need that. But that was your proudest moment. Yeah. It's like selling your first house that you knew buying you bought at 40. It, think. Or um, that you bought at 24 and, yeah. and buying your forever home in the Broadcroft. Right. It was a great that's, investment. That's a great investment. And it's a beautiful home. It's absolutely. I was so excited to bring Aaron to see your house. Because I'm like, Aaron, you have to get over here and see their house. Like, I know you're going to want to buy one over here. I've, so, exactly. That's yeah. very strategic. Very strategic. So um, that's awesome. So next question is, have you ever shoplifted? I have. Um, not to be like, I have. I have. But so I was thinking about this recently, and I was a teenager, and I was I believe I was with Claudia, who is a mutual. Yeah, my um, well, ex. I, I, ex sister. She was my sister in law. Yeah, she yeah, was sister in law. Loved her. Loved her. We mine. spent a lot of. That's how you and I know yeah. each other. Yeah. yeah. So we were um, at the mall, and I don't really understand how it happened, but I shoplifted a Dalmatian, <laughs> faux Dalmatian, a muff. And I know you're probably like, what's a muff? A hat? But like, no. So they had a matching hat. I do think I ended up getting the matching hat, like purchased it. <laughs> um, but it's wild. Uh, it's A muff is like the hand warmer, oh. like old timey. Um, most usually a fur, I think, in your hand. I don't. <laughs> Wait, did you steal it because you thought it was actually the easiest thing to walk out? <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't <laughs> think I intentionally stole it. I think I put it on and was like, like, and just walked out with it. (laughs) And then we made like a pact that we would share it, like have a, like a sisterhood of the traveling muff. (laughs) Um, I don't really know 
how I, I we you we took should, turns. We should call Claudia on speakerphone right now and ask. Do you her remember if the she Dalmatian muff? The, yeah, the muff, the muff, and the fact that it's called a muff. I just, I don't. There's a other lot, things that are called. There's muffs. a lot of things that could come from you know. If I just left it as I shoplifted a Dalmatian muff, I don't know. And then you know. had to share the muff. And then we and then we had joint custody <laughs> of the muff. Oh, so you did actually share it like back and yes. forth. Mm-hmm. Sure did. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's my last question. Yeah. I love this. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Wow. I know it was kind of a roller coaster, so no, I know. Gotta... But and I felt really unnatural in how I was like segueing into it because I'm just like I don't want to sound like opportunistic and how we're having these you know no, but how I the think conversation involved or evolved but I've learned so much from you for so long and at every single book club by the way like your name comes up because and I don't want to go on we're, we're you know we're wrapping it up here but um everybody knows like at book club like I like because every probably every three or four book clubs right there's always new women that come and um, I think it's important for them to understand like how it evolved because sometimes people think that things come from, oh my gosh, Caitlin, like you developed this massive book club or this big book club and like, where did it come from? Right. Or, or they just think it just yeah. happens overnight yeah. and, and, and it all comes from an idea somewhere, yeah. somehow. And I always think it's important that like they, it's called like rip off and repeat. I heard this like saying the other day. I've never heard that. Uh, some, somebody said this the other day, not necessarily about book club. And I, and, um, you know, being in the real estate industry, you want to be, come from a con- place of contribution. So anytime that somebody wants something or needs something, I'm like, mm-hmm. have at it. I'd love to share anything with you. But, um, and so every three or four book clubs, I'm like, Here's how this started. It started from sitting, Melissa Belasco, she started a book club and I went to it and I thought, oh my goodness, like the books that we read create meaningful, purposeful conversations. And I've never felt so um, accepted for my opinion in the conversations that can come around a table. And it was so great. And, um, And by the way, like the ripple effect, and I, that was the one thing I was happy about that I wrote in that terrible letter that I talked about <laughs> earlier <laughs> but the ripple effect you have been a huge part of that for um the book club now has on the group about 459 women Stop. that are part of the open book club wow. on Facebook that group and I get messages every single day all the time like more and more women all these women keep inviting other women yep. to be part of it and every single time there's more women that show up I've never met before. Some I have it's met. Some I've known through other people. But, like, you inspired me to do that from your book club. And now 459 That's other amazing. women are now part of this in some way, shape, or form, right. whether they show up or not. So yep. um, cheers to that. And thank cheers. you for I love that allowing me to rip off and repeat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're welcome. I love yeah. that. I'm going to rip off and repeat that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. it's cool. <laughs>